You're going to see the interview everyone is going to be talking about. Wagon wheel, what to see? What do I think of her? Yes. I don't think of her. Then we become divas as opposed to just strong women. Ah, oh, coughing during my interview, really? It feels uh, reductive. And welcome to Big Diva Energy, a podcast largely about women being fucking excellent. I'm Holly Morgan and I'm obsessed with divas. This is my husband Tom, who is also here. Hola, mi chico latinos. Today we're talking about former Spice Girl, semi-successful solo artist, and host of the strangely enjoyable All Together Now. Slamming it to the left, but generally much happier shaking it to the right, it's sometimes problematic female empowerment icon Jerry Horner, previously Hallowell forever ginger spice and here with us in the horner corner is much less problematic but no less ginger female empowerment icon comedian and writer nick lamont hey girl hello hi guys i was going to introduce you as the uh bet midler of camp horror comedy but then i realized oh my god i mean (laughs) that's incredible and i need to steal that for some sort of poster Thank you, Tom. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're developing a series of questions that we ask everybody. And the first one I would like to ask you is, I will always love you. Who is your favourite diva? It might be Jerry. Oh. But feel free to throw any others in the mix. I mean, I think, nostalgia-wise, definitely Ginger Spice. Yeah. Like, from my childhood, for mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, I think, I think you're very right, Tom. I think it might have to be Miss Midler yeah. is, <sighs> is my overall now- diva icon yeah um because she's flawless she's flawless yeah um i got a review from um shock treatment that described me as baby bet midler and ever since i have been obsessed (laughs) in a very narcissistic way (laughs) but i think the fact that she's like that old school she's a very good actress she's like a stunning actress not just for stage as well for like she's done incredible screen work yeah and she can be, too. yeah, she can be subtle. She can be huge. Um, she's a comedian. She's a singer. She started off performing the ukulele in gay bathhouses. Yeah, I mean, and hocus pocus, obviously. Obviously, obviously. hocus pocus. I think you have a a shared like performer DNA with her. There's a strand of of you that I can definitely see, through, which is bet, which is just that like yeah, bold and fabulous and. Uh, hysterically funny have you been watching the politician i do you know what i am not at the stage (laughs) where but but i know that i know that she's going to make an appearance yeah right um i'm eking out i tend to do this with box sets that i really like is just eke them out as much as possible because i don't want them to be over yeah i do that with queer eye yeah yeah yeah, absolutely at the most once a week also make the most of lang because she's not in season two oh yeah they had lang for one for one season that was that was the deal but oh, bet yeah uh bet is fabulous in that final episode she said i, don't, I mean i don't want to I, I think she might have been touched by an angel a, a, a sort su- of surgeon yeah, yeah. Angel? i mean <laughs> okay. i'm not yeah I, i'm not one to speculate but there's it's it, it, she looks a bit shocked occasionally <laughs> <laughs> um she gives good twitter as well like i think only <gasps> beaten by share or like level with share yeah like yeah. um she's taken down trump yeah. On the twits. <laughs> so like, yeah. Well, double hand. This is the impeachment we deserve. It's Bette Midler and Cher roasting it's, him. <laughs> exactly. And I think um, 
I'm going to put this out here now to copyright it. I've got two ideas for a Bette Midler based show. Okay. One is called Bette Midler colon President Hunter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is sort of action hero yeah. style thing where she takes down the president. One is born every generation. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The other one is called Bette Midler, um, where I am Bette Midler doing the whole of Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> Uh, potentially tying my hair around my chin like Gimli uh, but at the same time being about Midler doing all of the rings amazing if you need Bette a back Midler, son of <laughs> yeah. if you need a backup dwarf I just I just won't pluck my chin for a while yes yeah. please fabulous amazing so if you could turn back time uh, what Hello, diva yeah. <laughs> what diva would you uh, put into what situation in the past Ooh. can be your own it can be global share um, at the Gettysburg Address I'm I think that's 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 a very good example <laughs> wow I um I'm gonna go for uh, a few divas here I'm gonna Amazing. I'm gonna put the queer eye fab oh. fab fabulous oh. men yeah yeah they're divas right yeah well they're this is what divas this is what we're talking about basically yeah. we're I, I want to talk about what this term means because uh, it traditionally means a female singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I think it's become one of those codified words, which is basically, um, this is what we want to call this strong, confident woman to denigrate her and make her feel shit about having an opinion about her work. So I don't think it is necessarily feminine. So absolutely, I think the Queer Eye Boys totally qualify. Obviously, JVN, like yes. being an NB as well. But like, yeah. Of course, yeah. So where are you sending them? I'm going to send them to go and have a good go at sorting out King Henry VIII. Because I think, <sighs> I heard he's got that gout. I've heard rumours. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. Very poochy in the latter two years. Yes. Yeah. I've heard something about how he wore a string vest that sort of like <laughs> spill, his gut spilled out and like healed Rapsy. over. Like Rapsy Nesbitt, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Rapsy Nesbitt. Like a lattice of scabs. <laughs> ye oldie, ye oldie string head bestie. <laughs> And I think Karamo could sit him down and be like, oh my God. do we need a male heir? Why do you think you need a male Why heir? do you think you look make like... Make him cry. Make him cry. In like a, a wine a, tasting. <laughs> like a misogynist in one of those Clementine nets. Like yes. a, That's what he looked like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's a really... Yeah, that'd be great. That is yeah. entirely valid. That's a great answer. <laughs> I think when we develop time travel, yeah. that's what Queer Eye... That's the, the new series. The Japan. <laughs> now the past. History. Queer Eye history. Queer Eye. We're in the past. <laughs> Anthony can get all up in there at the banquet being yeah. like mm, okay so I'm looking at this chicken very good and goose and I have you heard of halloumi <laughs> King Henry the Eighth. yeah it's King Henry the Eighth. just stuff your cape on with another cape on there's but also make it a fashion JVN as well because he'd be wearing heels and no one would bat an eyelid back then oh well. yeah they loved a, a high pump yes <laughs> High pump, is that what we call a heel? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he'd be like, I'm looking at this high pump moment. I yeah. love it when he says moment. I know. That's my favourite JVN thing. <sighs> Giving you a little mo- a little something moment. Yeah, especially mm. when he's like maybe like partially reading them for having dandruff or something. He's like, so you are a bit gross, but we can do this moment that will re- <laughs> rectify your crispy scalp. <laughs> your syphilitic nose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we've got, a, we've got a situation with your nose. Yes. I live. Okay, it's all coming back to me now. When have you been most a diva? And you can interpret that word however you want. Ooh. Okay, I've got I've got two little stories. Want them? 
One of them is when um, I, I feel I was fully valid to be a diva in that moment. Another one, not so much. Excellent. <laughs> so with this, you're taking diva to be like... In the, in the nego sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Two different extra kinds. Extra at the detriment much. of other people, basically. <laughs> two, two different yeah. types of diva. Extra in a built-up area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Excellent. Please. <laughs> Feed me. No, 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 no. What's number one? Um, the one where I think I was fully justified in being a diva. Um, I, I was doing a show... Uh, that was a Game of Thrones parody theatrical experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Which we shan't name here for copyright purposes. Yeah, but then they they would... I mean, they're not yeah, ones they're for ex- caring about copyright Exactly. Shows. That is also bad. <laughs> um, we were doing a tech run at a new venue. And we do this bit where I come out as Daenerys after the fire. Yeah. And the joke is... Obviously, she's naked in the TV show, but mm-hmm, I'm wearing mm-hmm. a stupid, stupid morph suit, like a nude morph suit. A nude moment. A nude moment. Mm-hmm. They'd got me a new one that was like a size too small, so it was very Ooh. skin tight. Literally nude. Yeah, yeah like... <laughs> Ever nude. That's the one. <laughs> you could see, you know, the visible pant line. It was all, it was just all there, and I didn't feel particularly comfortable in it. Um, and uh, there's a bit where I sort of like step out from the curtains and I said on the mic before I stepped out I said just so everyone knows this skin suit is a bit tight and our technician who I shall not name um, (laughs) said into his mic then eat less (gasps) Um, (laughs) yes and as in a god mic as in it went yeah it when, went out to the audience well this is this is not like there's no audience there because it's just a tech oh my god run. i'm so sorry oh. <laughs> this is just a tech unclench my pearls but mm. what the fuck still but still we like i've became very conscious in that moment that um me and the stage manager lady only two females mm. in this tech rehearsal we have two directors out front who are men we have our producer who is a guy obviously our tech guy is a guy and my two co-actors are both men as well and I suddenly felt very self-conscious about my body which I haven't felt in years Mm. and I stepped out and said into my mic who the fuck said that which you could read as a diva moment no you didn't know the context but i think basically that that's what that moment deserved i think it absolutely is a diva moment in the right way it's it's absolutely going i'm terribly sorry i have some how dare you speak to me like that well it's Mm. if it was interpreted by them as a diva moment quote unquote yeah yeah. then that's exactly what you were talking about in terms of it being yeah women acting according to their right to express themselves and then being told that they're being too much yeah Yeah, that's horrendous then i felt i felt good because actually my two actors uh refused to carry on the scene um and what's a very on brand that you called them my actors my (laughs) oh my god i didn't even think about that my actors in my show (laughs) my two actors Oh, oh. They, that's very that's very good of them actually yeah glorified props yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was a lovely thing in that they both went we don't feel comfortable carrying on this scene now mm-hmm. because this has happened and it's not right 
and we stopped for a bit and my director went and told that tech person that they needed to come and apologize to me which they did good good um but yeah that that's that's great that's an amazing story also like good for you Mm. you totally you carried through that action to the to the right place and so did everyone else apart from tech twat yeah, and he yeah. did apologise, which is, yeah. is good. Yes, exactly, yes. Yeah. yeah, he probably thought he was being funny in the moment and it was a, a quip and actually it was just very poorly judged mm. and, yeah. and reve- revealed a little bit too much about him than yeah. he probably would have liked. I think so. To even acknowledge existed. He's dead now. <laughs> Holly's killed him. Yeah. yeah. And the other one where you think you might have been extra? Um, I was uh, rehearsing for a little show called... Am I allowed to say the names of things? Yeah, I think so. It's called News Review. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a show. It's at the Canal Cafe. Strap in, lads. (laughs) We've all all done a turn. We've all dabbled. We've given our News Review. We've given our News Review, haven't we? Um, I was being directed by Adam Rhys-Davies, who is my (laughs) comedy partner and platonic soulmate. Love him. He taught everyone a dance routine, but I was singing at the time. And despite having an MA in musical theatre, I can't quite sing and dance at the same time. <laughs> at least you can do both of them. It's more than I can do. <laughs> a double threat, but once at a time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A strong yeah. double threat. A strong double threat, but they need to be separate, yeah. guys. They need to. Absolutely. Spread the threats. And I... A series of warnings. Grab all the threats. A series of warnings. <laughs> approaching I was singing and trying to tell my feet to do this move that Adam had just told everyone to do and then I just put my hand up and went you know that bit I'm not going to do that (laughs) and to this day uh, that was several years ago Adam brings up this moment all the time whenever I'm getting a a tight whenever the diva's creeping out he'll go oh I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Is that where Dame Lamont was born? I think Dame Lamont was very much born in those days. Incredible. Amazing. So uh, another question. Yes. Material girl, what's on your rider? Ooh. Now, I am a thirsty, thirsty bitch. That's the rumour. That's what I've seen <laughs> in all the toilet doors. <laughs> and by that, I mean... I drink a lot of water. I drink <laughs> water all the time. You do? I honestly she do. She does, she does. She's very hydrated. God, look at that. I went and filled that up. You did? Yeah. Right next to your two. Adam calls me Dame Lamont and also Four Drinks Lamont because I, <laughs> I often have a lemonade and a water and a little energy drink and I just... A wine. A wine. <laughs> and a gin. A yeah. gin. Um, Amazing. So that's the rider. It's basically the hydration station. I think it's a full water cooler. <laughs> like, oh, not yeah. just. A pack of Powerade. <laughs> a pack of Powerade. Oh, and a little Red Bull. Ooh. Oh, nice little, little Red Bull. Not one of the big cans. No, the, the big ones, you're not so much. Will you be fitted with a catheter? So, like, it's just a, 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 like a sprinkler system going through oh, your body. Oh, Holly. Yeah. That's that a good one. I'm just thinking about if you're doing a long show and you're yeah. that hydrated. Bitch got a piss. You're giving your yeah. for it. So Dave Lamont's rider is a water cooler water and a catheter. Amazing. Thank Good. You. That goes in the log. Um, girls run the world, obviously. Which diva do you put in charge of the world? Who's got the codes? Well, it's going to be Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. It's Efficiency. Yeah. Oh, she gets shit done. Oh. 
And she doesn't sleep. Doesn't sleep. Mm. I watched the Coachella documentary and it was the first time I'd seen her like as a sort of like auteur of a show. Like yeah. mm-hmm. designing every little aspect of it. Oh my God, yeah. And She'd have running. that bunker like, like that, wouldn't she? She would. It would be running, yeah, an underground city. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you actually. Let's give Beyonce the codes. So, shall we talk about Jerry? Should we have a little break first? Yeah, all right. Uh, right, Holly, uh, your mouth is far, far too big when you sing. Hi guys, it's me, Liza Vanelli. It's great to be on a podcast. I'm having the best time. I just wanted to say this would be the normal place in a podcast where you would have a sponsor who would tell you you were terrific and had pizzazz, uh, but we don't have a sponsor, uh, so I haven't got any mattresses or eating apps to flog. Please, can I have a sponsor? Please. Right, so Jerry Halliwell, I'm going to put my cards on the table. I am, I'm not a fan. I'm not a Spice Girls fan. Um, I, despite being, I'm like, I'm completely the right demographic. I'm in my early 30s. Like, obviously, like everyone else, I dressed up as, you know, one of them. But, but like, I, I, I don't know. They just never, they never grabbed me. They were never, I never had really my moment with them. Um, I don't go clubbing that much, but every time I do, I have to pretend to be enthusiastic about wannabe. But I also like, <laughs> I, I think I appreciate what they mean to other people, like absolutely. And we'll have, we've got some people have written in with their thoughts about this, which is great. Um, and I feel like people who, who felt unseen or marginalised felt seen by the Spice Girls. Yeah. Mm. And also, I think, if we are talking about Jerry, anyone who opens a set by clambering out of an inflatable vagina, symbolising their rebirth into pop music, <laughs> has definitely got <laughs> big deep energy. Absolutely. So, Nick, when did you first become aware of Jerry Horner? Nay, Hallowell. How was the impact? Oh, well... Now, I had to go and do some maths here. I worked out that the Spice Girls came around in 19... 19- Yes, that sounds... That's when they first released Wannabe, I think, which meant that I was nine years old. Yes. Um, And so this was like a primary school revelation. I mean, previously, I'd had a sort of... uh, my, My pop band thing was take that oh okay that's interesting but i was i was too young to like sort of uh, like like them in the way that teens did yeah 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 i think i was just sort of like picking up on what was very popular at the time you mean take that or the spice girls take that right yeah yeah. Yeah. because my i my cousin who is also a redhead Mm. but she was um really into take that and i was really into the spice girls Oh, oh, really? It was a bit like West Side Story, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry, out of time because you're Mark Owen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was a read. I'm, t- I'm sorry, Mark Owen. I'm sure you're very good at keeping in oh, touch. I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure he's listening. He will be. He loves it. <laughs> Might get Jason Orange. If we're lucky. <laughs> I feel like my favourite take that was Robbie so I think oh right yeah I've always had an eye for the deserters or something <laughs> <laughs> him and Jerry used to shag as well yeah. yeah friends who shag occasionally is how she referred to them that's kind of great it's quite it's a hot isn't it deserters club yeah yeah so I think like I'd I'd been fully sort of like all about take that and then Spice Girls was like the first all-female band that I'd 
even like seen or heard or anything I think yeah um at such a young age that's so true I mean like I think the golden age of the girl groups like the Supremes or the Renettes Mm. or anything like that was so long ago and we had had a lot of guys with guitars um which you know I I happened to I happen to enjoy but that yeah I, I totally agree with you I think that, that must have been that must have been what we were what people were responding to like I think like it was very well pitched for little almost like preteens like me because what they've done is like they've done these really clearly defined characters which are easy for young kids to understand I guess yeah like, I mean we look back now and we think hmm some of those characters were slightly problematic. Yes, yeah. But in a way, it's kind of breaking it down and going, this one is like this, and this one, her superpower is this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, like a superhero group. Yeah. yeah. Or, or Powerpuff Girls. I yeah. think I sort of like saw them in my head in a kind of superhero way. That's really, yeah, that's really interesting. Let's talk about Jerry, though, specifically. Okay. Jerry yes. Halliwell. Uh, uh, Jerry Horner, sorry. Uh, Guardian journalist and Spice Girls lifer, Joe Stone, uh, writes of Jerry. Jerry has made herself one of the most recognisable women in the world, apparently through sheer force of will. <laughs> <laughs> and as Jerry herself has pointed out, I'm famous enough that the paparazzi want to sit outside my house. They don't sit outside Mel C's house. Oh my god, oh. she said that. Yes, bitch. She said that, yes. yes. When did like re- like recently or back in the That's day? That's back in the day. There's quite a lot of subtle shade in those early interviews. Subtle. I mean, not subtle at all. <laughs> like, oh my. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that that I think that's why I think she's really interesting and someone I'd like to talk about is like she did. She made herself yes. who she is. Yeah. yeah, She's a self-made. So she was born Geraldine Estelle Hallowell, 6th of August 1972 in Watford, England. Uh, I'm Now, let's talk about the ages, right? Because we've been searching for the receipts, haven't we, Nick? That Yes, and we came across some different... Yes. Almost as if she's been sort of saying different ages at different times absolutely i mean shall we say obfuscating but like i think earlier she she rounded down for a while that's your prerogative that's absolutely fine yeah i think that's that's diva isn't it that's really diva but she was like always i mean she was older than the rest of them and um i read a little thing about when she auditioned and they sort of questioned her in the mm-hmm. audition and they said um well what they almost kind of went what about your age though yeah and then she had this like really strange response where she kind of went something like i can be any age that you want me to be and then <laughs> which is great and then this bit where she said i can be a 10 year old with boobs if you like ah i knew it was gonna go yeah it was gonna t- take it's- a turn wasn't it <laughs> It's almost like I kind of respect, in a way, her ability to just say what she's thinking. Absolutely. Which does lead to a thing that you'll probably get used to. Some of the quotes that we've got along okay. the way which are very similar to that structurally. Like, she says something which you kind of agree with. Yes. And then massively undermines it at the last second. Yeah. Her, uh, her mother was Spanish, uh, Anna Maria, and was 23 years the junior of her dad, uh, Lawrence Francis Halliwell, who was a used car salesman in Watford. And in Jerry's words, a womaniser and chancer, a liar 
and a rogue. I love that, a rogue. Ooh, liar and a rogue. I love how her vocabulary has a slight bent towards the Victorian BBC period drama. Yes. I'm really quite into it. Well, speaking of her vocabulary, as a young girl, uh, Jerry always loved words, and it was her father who introduced her to all these different books. We had an outside loo, she said, and I remember waiting outside for my turn to go, and I was staring at an apple tree. I remember writing my first story about this apple tree, and after that, I was always reading and writing. Now, I'm, I'm calling bollocks. <laughs> I know she's a bit older than the didn't others. Didn't happen the year award. But she didn't sit musing under an apple tree outside Lou. No, I, yes. I, I know that they obviously they did exist, but I don't think she grew up in the war. Like I find that quite a jarring. I'm not sure in '72 in Watford you'd have an outside. Hmm. I mean, it depends on the. I, I definitely where I grew up there were outside Lou's. Yeah. I grew up in Devon, didn't I? So basically, like the war. <laughs> my dad grew up with an outside loo. Yeah, but your, my your dad's like 30 years older than me. <laughs> Has your dad been lying about his age? <laughs> like Jerry Hallowell. My dad is old spice. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Lawrence and Anna Maria split up when Jerry was nine. Uh, Lawrence, an avid broadsheet reader and almost certainly a massive Tory, encouraged his daughter to read the newspaper and speak her mind, which is great. Uh, Jerry's got two older siblings, two older half-siblings, but from Jerry's account, Lawrence adored her the best. Of course she did. (laughs) Because she'd say that. Hashtag Jerry. It's the diva. Yeah, it's the diva. It's the diva. Unfortunately, though, Lawrence died when Jerry was 21. Or 18, depending on which interview you read. I had a little look, and that's up for... It is 21, though, isn't it? So that one is up for debate. If we follow the 72 timeline, it's 21. The 72 timeline is the one from Wikipedia, so I think we can all... Just agree that that is the correct absolute fact yeah, yeah absolutely absolute. that's enshrined in way that's canon able to change after he died uh, it left a huge hole in her life uh, by her account um, I felt gutted angry hurt denied and deprived she said later I felt robbed of something that was mine he belonged to me he was my biggest fan right is there something in that does that explain something to do with her approach maybe mm. like her sort of her drive is potentially considered to be quite masculine yeah I read something um, about when her father died and she said that it sort of gave her this energy to succeed. Mm. Um, And I think, I mean, there's definitely that thing, isn't there, of like coming out of a dark time in your life can actually propel you a lot. Yeah. um, To sort of like, almost in a more reckless way, I would think sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a mission statement almost like yeah. he was her fan he thought she should be famous and great yeah. in, as far as she explains it and so therefore when he died she had to continue that goal which she saw mm. that he had for her Yeah, and like, and sometimes when people become focused on something yeah you're right it can become quite reckless mm. about that. she had a legacy laid out for her yeah, yeah. Um, Before he died, though, however, uh, she managed to get a place at Watford Grammar School for girls and from there went on to Camden School for girls. Yeah. I didn't know this, Mm. that she had, like, all-girl upbringing in terms of schooling. That's interesting, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I personally have have, have no experience of that. Me neither. I do. Um, Mm. It's... Uh, it, it, it's a trip. <laughs> I think it. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a it, it's a hot house environment. You, uh, my, my girls' school was particularly small, uh, and I was in there as a uh, because my parents 
thought that I would be less likely to get bullied, which I think most a lot of people have the experience when they go to an all-girls school, they, they do get bullied. So I was mm. quite lucky in that way. Um, but yeah, I think that it's, there's definitely something in that, isn't there? All-girl education in Camden as well. Um, yeah, especially at that time. Yeah. that would have yeah. been, yeah, the hotbed of sort of... Yeah, it would have been like, yeah... Music and it feels quite rock culture. and roll, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. to go to yeah. school in Camden. Yeah, absolutely. From Watford as well. That's a long train. Mm. <laughs> oh, we're worried about we're worried about now. travel. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's move it on from Jerry's commute. <laughs> so Jerry wrote in her autobiography, "If only at six, I imagined fame to be like a magic key that would unlock a door to a fantasy world where I wouldn't be lonely, poor, or frightened." And I. God is my witness, she'd never go hungry again. Uh, I feel a bit guilty about saying that there weren't um, outdoor loos. I'm sure there were. That sounds like, I checked my privilege there. I'm sure there, there were outdoor loos. Um, but I'm not sure why Jerry Hannibal sounds like Scarlett O'Hara. Uh, in yeah. <laughs> Or in a sort of Dickensian orphan. Yeah, again. The... I'd never be poor again. Oh, I'd never be poor or hungry again. <laughs> oh. So she, yeah, she, she set her mind to it. And uh, according to her autobiography, she worked as a nightclub dancer in Mallorca, a game show hostess on Turkish television, there is a clip on YouTube, and a glamour model, uh, appearing on page three of The Sun. Let's get into the Spice Girls backstory. Um, so this is the one, there's lots of stories, but this is the one I've, I think I'm going to go with. Uh, Bob and Chris Herbert of X Records were trying to put a girl group together, and they narrowed it down to five girls who formed Touch, later changing the name to the Spice Girls. Nick, should they start with Touch? Touch, yeah. Like, so they were they were father and son duo. Yeah. Um, that, well, that's creepy. Yeah. Oh, the the <laughs> no, nice nice to hang out, do male bonding. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to make a female or female girl group, mm-hmm. and of course they did. <laughs> touch, touch. Oh, <laughs> kind of makes me want to be sick a little bit. Yeah, back on creepy. I just I feel like touch automatically suggests to me something. Definitely. Well, they could have been baby touch, posh touch, scary touch, inappropriate touch. (laughs) Would have worked a lot better, to be fair. From a branding point of view, it's going to sit out their stall, didn't it? PR storm touch. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I mean, maybe they thought also that touch could be like a sort of soft, emotional... Like, the word touching. No, no, that's not... Maybe they were going to put an accent on it, be touché. Uh, as it stood, actually, the Spice Girls consisted of uh, Jerry Halliwell, Melanie Chisholm, a.k.a. Mel C, of course, uh, Emma Bunton, Melanie Brown, a.k.a. Mel B, and Victoria Adams. Mm. Uh, I'm assuming Jerry was your favourite, yeah? Yes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think I didn't fit into any other of the of the styles. I wasn't posh. Uh, I wasn't... I mean, Baby was very pink and girly, and mm. I wasn't one of those girls. I was crap at sport. Yeah, and mm. then Scary's thing seemed to be like being quite like outspoken and loud. Yeah, as a northerner, you had two options. Though, yes, yeah, which, which is weird that actually loud. I mean, can scary, we just discuss scary? the fact that the only woman of color was called Scary Spice? I think it's mm. it's now a thing we look back on with a bit of it's a bit complicated, eesh. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose there's two ways you can look at. Yeah, that. one is a kind of like. Beyonce style. She was outspoken, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Or um, a more negative thing. Um, but I feel like 
gin, the word ginger spice doesn't really sort of, it's a bit unclear really what that is. Yes. But I think what I saw was someone taking a word that is kind of like a bully slur. Mm. Like, people go, ginger. Oh, that's really interesting, Nick. Yeah. And, and making it more of a like superpower. The only that's reclamation. So, yes. Um, oh, that's really also, it's the only one that actually works with the name Spice Girls. Yeah. It is a spice. It's the only it's one. It's a spice. It's absolutely. Actual... There's no such thing as a baby spice. <laughs> there is a ginger spice. Yeah. There is a ginger absolutely. spice. Absolutely. She felt like her thing was like powerful underdog, I feel. Yeah. And I, I think I really connected to that like as a kid because I was quite a sort of like nerdy weirdo. <laughs> Like all the best people. Yeah. Because I was quite powerful. Because I was a boss. (laughs) Yeah, as a 10 year old Um. with boobs. really wasn't <laughs> it was very much a 10 year old without boobs. oh we put on the twitter an amazing uh the, the dress that mrs carter because probably we should flag up that your maiden name was nick carter it just uh, from the backstreet boys yeah, yes exactly. uh couldn't after get... the backstreet boys <laughs> couldn't get nick carter on equity uh, but mrs carter made you an amazing little little tiny dress she made me a um jerry hallowell union jack dress for a school disco I was going to um, and she sewed the Union Jack onto a little tiny blue dress she's too much she's so brilliant uh, <laughs> right so let's talk about the, the touch audition experience because the, the Herberts <laughs> it's very funny about this so basically Jerry would keep cancelling her audition and pretending she had some, something else to do to build up this kind of sense of that she was in demand and then eventually just got herself passed through to recall without ever having to sing or dance. Isn't this great? It's <laughs> this is excellent. It is excellent, it isn't really it? It really is. Um, actually, Chris Herbert himself said, there was always an excuse why she couldn't come to the audition. She basically made herself get through to the last audition without ever singing a note. It was very clever on her part because she knew her weaknesses and she knew how she could leapfrog and make her way through to the final audition. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> the tacit implication is that Jerry cannot... She's not a double threat. She's not even a threat. <laughs> She's not a threat, right? But I think I think that's BDE. Yeah. 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 She's not a threat, but managed to make herself a threat. Yeah. Yeah. Already at this audition stage, she is playing the system. Yeah. Of... And playing the rest of the girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that is a diva. It's yeah. Absolutely deep. Can you imagine just like not going to an audition? <laughs> yeah. Like. And still convincing them that. You you deserved the part. Yeah, I'm I mean, so pathetically grateful for an audition. <laughs> like, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I read somewhere that she sang. She did sing a little bit of a song. In oh one yes. Of them called "I Want to Be a Nightclub Queen." It's not a song. <gasps> it doesn't exist. And then the only thing I managed to find by googling that and her name was an interview clip of her saying this was a little song I made up whilst my mum was doing her cleaning job I made up this song about and literally going I'm gonna be a nightclub queen I'm gonna do this thing so when she did go and sing at the audition she just sang like four lines of a little ditty she'd made up one time oh my god which is legendary that is absolutely legendary because like I used to do that I make up little songs still do yeah yeah yeah, 
She went and sang one of her little songs at an audition. Exactly. My one was called Tied Up With A Piece Of Black Ribbon because I had a doll that had a ribbon sash. <gasps> and he went, tied up with a piece of red ribbon, red ribbon, tied up with a piece of red ribbon. So maybe I could have sung that and got into touch. Uh, right, so basically they get together and the girls decide that it's not working with the herbs. So they put on a showcase and they somehow become ensnared in Simon Fuller's Svengali spice web uh, and get signed to Virgin, which is awesome. And then a year later on, 1996, they released Wannabe. And, okay, the stats for Wannabe are insane. Okay. Uh, went in at number three, rose to number one the following week, stayed there for seven weeks. It was number one in 37 countries and became the biggest selling single by an all-female group of all time. I mean, it's a shitty song. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Did you? At the time, yeah, I loved it. I, I mean, I... I, I, I <laughs> live. Stand. Yeah. But then it's like, that is, all of that is so mixed up with like my nostalgia of being an excited kid. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I can fully appreciate that this is not great songwriting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think you can see that across the board and before everyone (laughs) comes for me about this, but like you can, that is sort of the thing with the Spice Girls. Yeah. Like it is so in, uh, you just cannot untangle it from its yeah. nostalgia yeah. and how much that meant to us when we were kids or how much that meant to a lot of people and and even if you hated it it's still you still had an opinion they were just everywhere so like that idea that like it's just attached to everything about that period yeah means it's impossible for anyone ever more to like to just or for possible most people to kind of look at it and just go was it really very good mm. like yeah you just don't think about it because it's 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 almost almost sort of objective music. Like it just was. Yeah. There's yeah. no. You don't. You can't say it was good or bad. It was just. It was. It was one of it. It's. Yeah. It's there. And actually, a lot of their songs are a bit like that. To be honest. Yeah. Mm. It's like the hype was the biggest thing about them. Yeah, definitely. But that in itself is like a, a feat. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. An undeniable feat. Yeah. One hundred percent. And like this makes me sound really old, but obviously back in the day we didn't have social media. With our outdoor we, we news. <laughs> with our outdoor <laughs> news. Sitting under apple trees. <laughs> Writing stories <laughs> about apples. Oh, my father the rogue. <laughs> <laughs> Is she Isaac Newton? Um, anyway, um, and... We, what we used to do is VHS record <gasps> Top of the Pops. Yes. Nice. Um, on like, I think it might have been on like Friday night. Yes. Yeah. Then you'd rewatch the tape, learn the dance routine so that on Monday morning, at a break time, you could go in and practice the routines in the playground. Like, oh my God. That's yeah. how in it we were. We yeah. had to record it every week. We had to learn the new dance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we couldn't just like YouTube the video or download it on no, iTunes or anything no it was just like that was the was, real we were honest yeah. yeah so Tony Blair was asked to be in the wannabe video turned it down what <laughs> yes mm-hmm. I know what balls of steel right like just go and ask Tony Blair if he wants to be in it oh my that would have been excellent yeah come yeah. on yeah exactly uh, Prescott would have done it I reckon definitely yeah. yeah, Prescott would have been all over it. Um, <laughs> he is a mover. <laughs> he is a mover. In a jag. But, yeah. <laughs> but aren't we all? Aren't we all, exactly. He's only Didn't got one. Didn't away that egg, did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping a current political satire. He could have death dropped and avoided that egg. Can you imagine? <laughs> Come on. I'd love to see John Prescott pull a death drop. We're urging Shablam. all the politicians to learn some tricks. Absolutely. Pun. 
Yeah. Because you never know when an egg's coming. Absolutely. Balls <laughs> don't strictly. Just for safety, but I think that's probably the way politics is going, isn't it? <laughs> We're just going to have dance Lip sync for, for your life yeah. in the general election. <laughs> um, never forget the Theresa May dancing queen. Oh, <laughs> never. Never forget never. those never. arms. See them in my nightmares. Um, it's funny what you said earlier, because yeah, Paul Gorman of Music Week uh, wrote at the time, just when boys with guitars threaten to rule pop life, an all-girl, in-your-face pop group have arrived with enough sass to burst that rockest bubble. Yeah. That's kind of what you were saying about that. Yeah. And the album, Spice, went ten times platinum and earned the group £30 million. God. Wowza. Yep. So many loos. Inside, outside. <laughs> Some as big as your head. Yeah. An outdoor complex of loos. <laughs> Just one house that is entirely made up of loos. Yes. No bedrooms, just no living rooms. Just over to the loo house. It's going to be my loo house. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spice Mania. That was it, wasn't it? Yes. Called it. Hit the globe and the group endorsed a range of products from deodorants to soft drinks, dolls and clothing. Oh, I had a Jerry doll. Did you? You had the doll. We all know Nick Lamont is obsessed with dolls. Right? Yes. Yeah, that's we true. know this. I'm looking at the RuPaul doll you made me for my Hindu. Oh. It is abs- it's an exact replica of the of the tweet ahead from RuPaul's Drag Race listeners. Oh she God. is she is this bitch. Uh, much aside, it was the appearance, of course, of the Spice Girls uh, at the 1997 Brit Awards that truly sealed their iconic status and brought further legend to the Halliwell brand. Uh, in av- advance of the award ceremony, Liam Gallagher, still desperately trying to make a name for himself by routinely being an enormous cunt, uh, promised he'd smack the Spice Girls if he saw them at the Brit Awards. Fucking tool. Can you even... I I mean, I never got them particularly. Ooh. I mean, all I'm seeing is a messy man. I'm seeing a mess, two messy men. Two messy, messy men. And man. some yeah. others in the background ripping off the Beatles. Sorry. And is that coming from a place of like jealousy in a way of like, maybe they didn't write their own music. Yeah. And you did. Are you just jealous that they're now at the same or above level. I'm sorry, but it, it, it's just it's just so gendered, isn't it? It's like, how dare these girls come into my playground and play with in, on my stage? Well, presumably Oasis had been quite... They were already at their pomp, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, you'd like, had, like, uh, be, What's the story? It was, like, yeah. like, four or something. Yeah. So actually, They were almost so, on a comeback by the time the Spice yeah. Girls came back. And the Brits would have been, like, somewhere that they probably saw as their kind of... Yeah. Their domain, like, because they probably would have been cleaning up at the Brits for about four years, probably. Yeah. And well, then some women blurs. come along. Yeah. To threaten to smack them. Absolutely though. outrageous. That is the mad... So that's that's that's, that's the 90s. Yes. That's yeah. like that language is... from like... God. From when Jerry was a child. That's... In the 1800s. Yeah, it's it's absolutely... Yeah, bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. Utterly mad. But I know the response. Carry on. Oh, God. no, no. Tell me the response. No, no. Was, yeah. it, was it Melanie C? Yes, it was. Saying, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Yes. Then? Iconic. I think iconic and they so oh, great. Yeah. Well, one of the weirdest things about that story as well is that you see that clip replayed over and over. Whenever you see a documentary about the nineties or about the Spice Girls or anything, you always see Mel Mel doing that, saying that at the mm-hmm. you know they've got the trophies and they're at the podium. No one ever addresses the fact that it was a response to a genuine threat of physical violence yes. from 
from yeah. a very established man in power. Ugh. No, thank so you. Awful. Absolutely not. That moment gives me such like Northern Girl pride. Yeah, like, absolutely. I absolutely love that. Good for you, Mel C. Good for you, Mel C. So yeah, Jerry obviously made massive headlines with the Union Jack dress, previously discussed. Mm-hmm. Sold for auction at £41,300. <gasps> yep, and is currently in uh, the Hard Rock Cafe in Las Vegas, hanging up. And it's the most expensive piece of clothing, uh, pop star clothing, ever sold. No way! Yeah. And it is... A series of tea towels stitched onto a Gucci dress by her sister. See, this is why I thought there was something... I, I thought... Because I, I read that was like a little rumour that yeah. her sister had made it out of tea towels. Mm. And which makes me feel even more amazing about my mum hand-stitching yeah. the little tiny version she made for me. Exactly. Is it a little tiny Gucci dress that she stitched? <laughs> <laughs> I've got seven oh, of these. No. <laughs> but I think that's really, that's something we were talking about earlier, isn't it, about actually the approachability of the Spice Girls as a brand. You can go and make your own dress and it won't, it, it, it can be done. You can have a piece of this and you yeah. can be involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty amazing. I actually bought one fairly recently, um, a Union Jack dress, because... The last time I was at the Edinburgh Fringe, um, I managed to have two breakdowns, emotional breakdowns, That's which is a record, actually, quite good. I think it's quite conservative, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you could... I'd do one a day. Not too bad. Yeah. And I said to Adam Rhys-Davies, because we passed a um, charity shop, there was a sequin Union Jack dress in the window, and I said, if I survive to the last week of this Fringe, I am going to buy that dress. Oh. Um, it was £10, Smithies. Uh, probably very flammable. Amazing. Mm. And I wore it on the last night. And I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. You were there. Yeah. I remember I sidled up to Reuben Kay um, at the bar. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Shout out, who I'm a huge fan of. And I was a huge fan of his show that year. Um, but empowered with my Jerry outfit, I, I felt like I could have a proper chat with him. Oh, amazing. But I felt the need to say to him, I am dressed as Jerry, Jerry Halliwell. It's not that I love Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> so hard to tell at that time. Right? Really hard. Yeah. Well, we'll get into Jerry's politics in a bit as okay. well. Yes. No, I, I don't know how she feels about the referendum. but so. As the spice train kept rolling, uh, the girls received a raft of awards, more than Oasis did, uh, including Brits and Ivan Novellos. Spice was, lest we forget, by the way, in, uh, sorry, nominated for an actual Mercury Prize. <laughs> The competitors that year against the Spice Girls were Suede, The Chemical Brothers, Radiohead, Primal Scream, (laughs) and The Prodigy. (gasps) The institution just didn't know what to do with them, did they? They They were like, what do we do? (laughs) Nominate them for the Mercury Awards. (laughs) Unbelievable. And of course, after meeting the Spice Girls that year, Nelson Mandela himself declared that it was the greatest moment of his life. Oh Oh my goodness. I mean, I know he had a rough time, but come on. Mate. Oh, wow. Oh, dear. Jerry had some powerful words on the meeting. Uh, I think there's a classic speech that Nelson Mandela did. I can't remember exactly. But he mentioned, never suppress yourself. Never make yourself feel small for others' insecurities. And that's what girl power is all about. He had a speech, whatever. Basically, we're the same. <laughs> God. Oh, wow, sir. And of course, uh, also the same event, Prince Charles, um, following a rough couple of months uh, on the receiving end of some particularly vicious attacks from the tabloids, uh, declared it was the second greatest moment of my life. The greatest was the first time I met them. Uh, so Jerry again caught it in for me when she supposedly pinched Charles's bum. Uh, yes, I remember this. Yeah, it was, it was widely reported, but she now says she didn't pinch it. She gave it a light pat. 
And in terms of stories about the Queen's sons and sexual impropriety, I think we can all agree it's slightly tame. <laughs> I mean, maybe we could attribute this to Jerry's, again, slightly masculine approach. Mm. She Maybe because they were rewriting the rules on how young women in the spotlight conducted themselves, she was like, this is what young men do. I don't know. Maybe giving her too much credit there. We're less than two years in, though, and the Spice Girls have made two albums, sold 50 million records, and had a net worth of £100 million. And that was when Jerry decided to quit. (gasps) That was the Rebecca Vardy's account sign-off of Budget Podcasting. Well done. Right, okay. Um, I need to change my catheter, because I'm very hydrated. Mm. Uh, I think it's time for a little extra snack. We like to give our guests... A little extra snack because we're extra. What kind of themed Jerry snack do you think you got for you, Nick? A themed Jerry snack? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it uh, a ginger cake? It definitely involves, a spoiler alert, involves ginger. Ginger nuts. Yeah! Ginger nuts and a Shirley Temple because we're recording this in the daytime. <gasps> and we're recording this in Tottenham so I couldn't get any grenadine. So it's... Cranberry juice and ginger ale. Oh, and a glass of cherry. Mm. See you after the break. Okay, what do you want to know? So November 1997. I don't remember this, right? But it got ugly. (laughs) The world turned. She appeared, well they appeared, sorry, at the MTV Europe Awards. And they were booed off stage, apparently. Oh. Yeah. And Mirror ran a wannaboo telephone line, apparently, where readers could listen to the jeering. That's horrific. Isn't it? I, I've only what? heard that from one source, so... I just don't remember it at all. I haven't done enough research around this to know that that's true, but if it is, it's pretty pretty awful. And apparently they faced further humiliation when the readers of Smash Hits voted them the worst group, and Jerry specifically as the worst dressed and least fanciable. <gasps> Can you even? Oh, I'm sorry. I know. I, I, I honestly, I genuinely don't remember this happening at all. Do you think it was the, maybe same, the same boys that um, really liked the picture of her in her booby dress? Yeah, maybe. They then suddenly felt ashamed and immediately angry That's what at it was. themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was that. So this is around about the time that they, 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 they sacked Simon Fuller. Which actually is a move that was widely reported as being down to Jerry. Really? Mm. Yeah, the orchestrator. Yeah. And it's also believed to be the beginning of the end of the group. Uh, they released their second album, Spice World, and a month later, Spice World, the movie. Yes, please! Right, did you love it? Did you live? I I must have gone to the cinema to see it with all my friends. But I look back at it now. I watched it, like, fairly recently. Did you? And On VHS? On VHS, because I'm from the olden days. <laughs> On book. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, it's mad. It's utterly mad. Yeah. It's very stupid and tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I remember that about it. There's some really... Like, everybody's in it as well. Like, yeah. Everyone's got cameos. Meatloaf is a bus driver. Yes. Elton John. Elton John's Richie there. Richie Grant's their manager. Richie Grant, yeah. Richie O'Brien climbs up through a toilet. Does he? Yeah, like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> I think that it it was just meant to be a silly, stupid, yeah, ridiculous thing. I was thinking about this the other day, trying to work out what it's... Because it's based on a hard day's night, right? That's the kind of vibe. Yeah. It's like yeah. a 90s hard day's night. A sort of promo vehicle for the big 
band of the age Mm -hmm. where they're sort of being a version of themselves but in that sort of campy yeah but in terms of like the tone and stuff of it what was it is it it's more like benny hill isn't it yeah Yeah. don't really see what it got some carry-on references in there i think as well hasn't it i think during the bit where it's michael barrymore's uh, boot camp i think (laughs) what about that bit (laughs) there's quite a bit of slapstick benny hilling around barrymore barrymore yeah. Mm. Mm. Say no more. Mm. Also, in it, they have a weird sixth friend who's a pregnant lady called Nicola. Oh, shit. Yes, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. It who's wasn't based like, on you. It was absolutely based on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think at the time in my brain, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. It's a sign. Um, but yeah, weird, like, little sort of subtle storyline about them having a pregnant friend whose husband left her or something like that I seem to remember very weird so it was sort of like on one level trying to be this big spoof and on another level trying to like hammer in some sort of emotional storyline I think so about being a single mum maybe yeah I guess so yeah it's all that rural Britannia stuff as well isn't it so there's probably quite a lot of like rural Britannia is not what I mean what's it called Oh, cool, cool Britannia. Britannia, sorry. Yeah. And that's the that hence all the Benny Hill stuff. The, yeah. There's probably some Monty Python references in there. Yeah. Some like Carry On stuff. They're kind of doing a sort of best of British, aren't they? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure Jerry wears the dress at some point, doesn't she? Yeah. I think she does. I also think she possibly French kisses an alien. Huh. Sure. <laughs> sure. Because well, you know, why not? Because. Why not? How do the critics respond, Hulls? The album. Spice World was described as a dry, tasteless turkey. Um, <laughs> went on to sell nine million copies worldwide. Gave them another Christmas number one. And I think it's probably about now we should address the lyrics of Spice Up Your Life. Okay. Did Jerry write Yellow Man in Timbuktu under her apple tree? Is that... Because that's where that casual racism belongs. The past. <laughs> I don't remember react at the time being like that being weird. But now you listen to it, you're like... No, not okay. Yeah. Right, Roger Ebert gave it one, no, half a star. Oh, the thank movie. you. Yeah. Thanks for that. He the said, film that is, by the way. Yeah. Just to... What can you say about five women whose principal distinguishing characteristic is that they have different names? Oh, oh. now come on. Yeah, I'm calling massage on Rog there. I think, come on. What do you one mean? One of them wears leopard print. One I'll of them wears know. a leopard print. Exactly. One of them wears a black dress. <laughs> one of them's got ginger hair. <laughs> One of them kicks a lot. And, and one of them has a lollipop. And there's also Prego Nico. She a pregnant friend. <laughs> uh, however, it was the number one box office. Yeah. Success in the United Kingdom and in the States. And it broke the record for the highest ever weekend debut for the Super Bowl weekend. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. So here we get to... But this is, is what I'm about to fall yeah. apart. In 1998, they start the Spice World Tour. But Jerry pulled out of an appearance on the National Lottery just before it went on air. No one to say where she was. Uh, she they, she wouldn't come to Norway with them. Probably because it is quite expensive. Um, come on, chilly. Very chilly. I'm sure Norway's very nice. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she the rumor was she was exhausted. She had a stomach bug. All kinds of excuses. And then finally, we get the message. Jerry's statement. This is a message to the fans. Sadly, I would like to confirm that I have left the Spice Girls. This is because of differences between us. I'm sure the group will continue to be successful and I wish them all the best. I have no immediate plans. I wish to apologise to all the fans and to thank them and everyone who's been there. Lots of love, Jerry. P.S. I'll be back. Very threatening. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> 
that Viva Forever was released as the last record oh, featuring all five Spice Girls until God, never Scores, forget. Uh, and the other four continuing to record, released the lead single off the third album, Goodbye, as tribute to Hannywell. The song was their third consecutive number one, Christmas number one, sorry, beating only the Beatles. Excellent. So, right, okay, let's not let's get sad because Joey's gone solo, guys. Joey's gone solo. It's She's... got really melancholy yeah, in there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The vibe. It's fine. So, Jerry's released uh, Schizophrenic. Mm. Interesting title, mate. Uh, it's got four number ones on it, mine. Four number ones. Four number My ones. Goodness. Including La Isla Bonita, aka Michiko Latino. <laughs> I really stepped on a hornet's nest here. I'm sorry, people need to stop taking Madonna songs and giving them different names. Yeah. Gaga, I see you. Jerry, I saw you. End of. Leave that where it is. It's a compliment to Madonna. It is a compliment. And also, I feel that Madonna unlike all the others, has spanned across so many different genres Yes, mm. that that means we think of an iconic Spanish Latino-themed song. Yes. We're going to think of that. Or we're going to think of a slightly Gaga-esque. Well, you don't hear Mambo Number no. 5 and think, it's true. Do you? I mean, it's true. Like Michiko Latina is the same song. It's a very similar chorus. Mm-hmm. It's also very gracious of you to be like that on behalf of Madonna I think... because I don't think she would be so gracious. <laughs> in she, the... fact, she very much has not been that gracious about mm. people ripping her music off. In the diva UN, you would be Kofi Annan for that. You just really talked us all down. So well done. Thank you. Trying to make peace amongst the divas, which is probably fighting a losing battle, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're not a peaceful people. <laughs> <laughs> they came here to fight for the vixen. They are the vixen. The first single, Look at Me, featured Jerry literally killing off her ginger spice alter ego in the video. Nick, uh, thoughts on the video? Have you seen it? She's doing the choreo. Um, so. Doing the choreo right now, which is a sort of like making a monocle with my uh, with my four fin- four finger index finger yeah. and thumb, and uh, sort of with my other fingers outstretched, twirling it around my eye. Love Look it. Look at me. I mean, I'm a spooky, spooky bitch, as we all yes. know. So someone s- filming their own funeral. <laughs> and really then on brand. Yeah. Rising out. She looked, inc- I think she looked incredible in that She video. did. I, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, yeah. A gothic vision. I think this is the peak of her singing career for me. Singing? <laughs> Performing. Uh, this, is, this is around the time 2000, 2000 Brits where she is born out of her own vagina again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brilliant. We, iconic. Absolutely iconic. Early Gaga. Very early Gaga. Mm. Mm. Things go downhill in, uh, with the second album, Scream If You Want to Go Faster. Uh, it had it had It's Raining Men from the Bridget Jones soundtrack on it. Remember Which was it? number one. Yes. Number one. Yep. Yeah, and the little pants. This is like little pants era mm. when she got. Um, well, the tabloid sort of turned on her a bit, uh, turned her into a poster child for misery. Essentially, oh my God. she was like they did a real like Jennifer Aniston, like poor, sad, lonely, joyless spinster Jerry. All serious of series, sorry, of unsuccessful celebrity relationships. Oh probably. God, yeah. Robbie, Chris Evans, and of course Russell Brand. Yes. Yeah. I didn't like her look at that time. No, I didn't like it. I thought it just wasn't very. It was the opposite of ginger size. Maybe she was doing that for some sort of like psychological mm. way to distance yeah. herself from it. It's just bland. I mean, like, more than that. Yeah. Mm. I I had real. I was a very skinny skeletal little thing mm. as a going through puberty. I was a very late developer, and I desperately wanted to be a curvy lady yeah and I, I was very sort of I had a lot of body shame about being very thin mm. 
which I know other people kind of like have a very different sort of growing up experience. But when I sort of looked at that picture of, and I remember it, the cover, she's sort of like roller skating, I think. Yeah. And it, I remember thinking like her waist looks tinier, like like so small smaller than her head almost yeah she was tiny yeah yeah and I just remember thinking like I fell in love with this vivacious curvy lady yeah I kind of aspired to be as well and I just didn't like that look I agree but in 2002 she appeared as a judge on pop stars arrivals and credits herself for Gerald Cole's success I picked her, so I'm really thrilled with her success. <laughs> Big diva Big energy. Big diva energy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, she has her daughter in 2006, Bluebell Madonna. Uh-huh. I'm putting my diva tin for hat back on, like, she's obsessed with Madonna. She knows what she did. She knows what she did. <laughs> uh, she and her Bluebell's father, Sasha Gervaisi, were not really together, and she brought her up as a single mother and says so she's extremely proud to be her mother. She says she never played her the Spice Girls music, but she found Bluebell watching Spice World the other day with her mates. And then, of course, at this point, she gets uh, a brand new sort of tangent to her success, which becomes a children's author. Mm-hmm. She publishes her first children's book, which features a character called Princess Posh Vittoria. If you look it up, there's quite a few sort of very thinly veiled uh, celebrity mates. Madonna also does that in her children's fiction. Uh-oh, <laughs> here we go. I'm so sorry, I've got the bit between my teeth. Oh my God, you're a full Reddit right now. <laughs> I really am. I am the um, angry subsection. <laughs> so in 2007, the Spice Girls announced a reunion tour and new dates were added for the British leg after tickets for the first London show sold out in 38 seconds. Madness. Insane. They released headlines, brackets, French, it never ends. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't even hum this. Do you know what? I, I, um... In prep for this, yeah, I, I looked that up because yeah. I couldn't remember what it was. No, um, very odd. Mm. Don't make that your comeback, guys. No, I think Emma comes across as the best singer. Discuss. Do you know what? I'm. I agree with you. Mel C's got some chops. A bit She's of a got power. Chop. Yes, you can't stand yeah, yeah. the tone of her voice. Though, I hate you? it. It's a very strange. It's, yeah, it's very... I think she's had the best singles though. Best yes. songs. Northern Soul, Northern Star, that album was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, the yeah. lead single of that was awesome. Yeah. I think we're all overlooking This Tune's Gonna Punish You, Victoria Beckham. <gasps> oh my and Dame God. Bowers. Never yes. true word said. This tune did it did punish us. We listened to it again the other night. She puts that right at the end of the song. Yeah. It's like, don't oh. worry, we know, babe. Yeah. I think she's very, she knows what she's doing, though. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. definitely playing a character. Yeah, absolutely. Like, her 20 questions is phenomenal oh for sticking to that character we'll I put, we'll put a, a link to that in the notes to this yeah. episode i think because yeah. that is it's an essential watch even Absolutely. if you're talking about jerry halliwell so uh, they're back on good terms yes spice girls at this point simon fuller apparently is also back in the fold because he's one of the people along with uh, jennifer saunders uh, that they collaborate with to make the waking nightmare that was <laughs> viva forever the spice oh, girls yeah. musical now i did not see this musical did you make a conscious choice I, I didn't, I didn't want to ruin the nostalgia. Yeah, I was taken to see it on uh-huh. my birthday. Oh my goodness! Um, did you enjoy it, Tom? No, not in the slightest. <laughs> I thought it was too bad to even be funny. Yeah. it was just boring. Oh no, that's the worst kind. Mm. Yeah, it was very dull. It's all a bit headlinesy, wasn't it? The music. Yeah, it was, it was all, all very... a bit worthy. When they start, all their songs that start with like a swoop of a chimes. 
They, they concentrate on that back catalogue, I think, rather mm. than the bangers. But they also turned Racist Two Become bangers. One into a, uh, a comedy song between the two older characters. So oh, it's like no. a mum and a dad who are sort of in their... It's going to be really nasty, but 50s, I think they're in there. Yeah. Um, and they're sort of, it's a sort of a, a mature relationship where they come together and they do a comedy sort of routine song like running around beds and stuff uh, to to become one I mm. don't like that no, no. thank that's that's Saunders that that's got Saunders all over it no thank you um, in 2012 though <laughs> Jerry agreed to guest judge uh, 2012's X Factor auditions uh, in Liverpool uh, during which she clambered on the roof of her car and started babbling through a microphone she got booed before bringing out the big guns and opting to tell the already hostile people of Liverpool, between me and Gary Barlow, we've had 22 number ones. That's as much as the Beatles. In Liverpool. Oh my <laughs> God, Jerry! 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 Babe! What are uh, you up to? Reeling back in, mate. In 2013, she made her first journey on the tube in 17 years and was so excited, she tweeted several tube tips. What? Have you never heard? Oh my God. What is this? Tube tip. Stand by, platform entrance or sign, tube door more likely to stop there. Oh no, it doesn't smell. Tube tip, door stop at platform entrance or below sign, more seats at end carriage. Oh, and it's not smelly, just saying. Got a real thing about the smell, aren't you? Oh my Forgive me for being a brat, after 17 years and yesterday's two hours of traffic, let's save time and money. The tube! Han. Oh, mate, you've lost perspective. <laughs> she really has. Oh, my goodness. But that didn't matter, because in 2014, she met Red Bull Formula One driver Christian Horner. Yay! Yay. Yay. They got married in 2015, and the, apparently at the ceremony, the vicar was so nervous, he called her Gerald during the vows. Oh, lovely I nervous know. vicar. Who's a secret Spice Girls fan? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a Spice yeah. Boy. He's a Spice Boy. Oh, or was it a lady vicar? Might have been. Ooh. Does it say? Doesn't say. Uh, doesn't say. Doesn't I'm say. Thinking. I did bad gender bias there, guys. Yeah, I did. I, I, really did. Bad well, I started bias. that. We've all called ourselves out. It's fine. We're, so we're learning. We're learning. We're learning. We're trying. We're trying. So Jerry um, had a single. Called First one in eight years. First one called Half of Me. Are you aware? I don't think I'm aware of this. Cool. Okay, so it was released in Australia because Australia has been so friendly and open. I felt really connected, 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 connected and supported and embraced. So of course I'm going to release my first song there. It sold 393 copies and reached 281 on the Australian charts. This is why I don't know about it. Yeah. Swept under the carpet. Yes. Damien Nicholas of the website Ozpop told the Australian it got what it deserved. <laughs> Oh my! I know. And yeah. we'll read out a very uh, a lovely bit from uh, Guardian Janice mentioned earlier, uh, Joe Stone, uh, who's a lifelong Spice Girls fan, but wrote, "Watching the video for Jerry Halliwell's new single, Half of Me, is like seeing the last of the Roman Empire crumble." <laughs> Staring unblinkingly at the camera in a borderline threatening manner while she over-enunciates lyrics that, even by her own standards, are alarming. I gave you the finger, you took me to dinner. She stands... Pardon? She stands in an overlit studio surrounded by kooky extras dancing with men dressed as teddy bears and performing the chorus in sign language because, as she said in an interview back in 1999, seemingly without irony, she wants her deaf fans to be able to enjoy her music. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Iconic. Look it up. It's so good. I'm going to need to. You really need to. Uh, so in 2015, uh, she announced that she'd be rejoining Bunton and Brown in a new trio called Gem. Didn't know this. Yeah. No. information. It didn't happen because she got pregnant, whatever. There was some, uh, some uh, a track was leaked 
online you can hear it it's called uh, song for her <gasps> i think they could have been baby gem scary gem and ginger stem <laughs> <laughs> i love that as of this year we've seen the second reunion yes come through with a tour of minus victoria as previously mentioned uh, that features some pretty spicy pasak on stage <laughs> they changed oh. the words in wannabe to easy v doesn't come for free where is she Brilliant. I mean, brilliant. I think that's incredible. I think she would have been into it. Yeah. Probably was into it. Yeah. And by the way, guys, she's fine. Oh, she's fine. She's laughing from her tower of money. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry about duck diving into her. She's kind of going, oh, good for you, girls. That's nice. It's nice for you guys to keep in touch. Yeah. But don't worry, they will all be back together because an animated film featuring the five original members as superheroes has been announced as being in development. Right. Simon Fuller producer. I'll watch it. Should we um, do a quick deep dive into Jerry's opinions? Right, yeah, let's get Uh-oh. into her opinion. So we, we mentioned about her slamming it to the right. And you look, some people are Tories. That's just a fact we all have to deal with. Uh, she called Margaret Thatcher the first Spice Girl, the pioneer of our ideology. Ooh. Now look, okay, there is some school of thought amongst some people that Margaret Thatcher is a feminist icon. And I know what some of our listeners might be thinking. They're going, you know, come on. First female prime minister, so she fucked minors, what Tory MP hasn't? No, the minors uh, and uh, Section 28, I think, are yeah. really the, which, which the major is, issues. Which is not equality in my No, books. not um, equality. For me, feminism is equality. So Absolutely. In my mind, she's not... Her, her opinions and her politics are not feminist. Yeah. Whether you can separate that, the two things, separate the woman from her deeds and yeah. say... Actually, the first female prime minister is a feminist icon. Yeah. Maybe you can do that. But Maybe. But personally, I can't. No, I, I struggle. And so did the other Spice Girls, in fact. Mm-hmm. Especially when... Uh, or actually, so did the internet. Yeah. Uh, later, when Thatcher died, Jerry tweeted, thinking of our first lady of girl power, and then deleted it when the internet went hot shit crazy. Yeah, yeah I heard about this. Yeah. She yes. responded. She wrote a blog post uh, in which she states, I was so confused and overwhelmed by some of the feedback I received that I took my tweet down and for that I was called spineless uh, during this meandering online thought experiment she goes from I was seven years old when my father told me about the greengrocer's daughter who had become the first female prime minister in our history my father who was always hiding behind the broadsheets spoke about her my whole childhood and then on to did I even really know enough about Margaret was I just trying to be relevant she had obviously upset a lot of people and then eventually concludes now I realise that I do admire a woman, whether she is right or wrong, regardless of her opinions. She had the courage to stand by her convictions, not like me. I look at my behaviour, which exposed how weak I was under fire, not like Margaret Thatcher. Rest in peace. Oh, so there's a full, like, yeah. roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think you want to go... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect, perfect. Ah. But I feel like... Yeah, wrapped up in there again for the second time, we've heard her going, I don't think I've done enough research. Yes, exactly. She just should have given it a Google. Yeah. Uh, I think she basically has the opinions of a fairly unreconstructed man from Woking in the 70s. I think she is her dad, politically. And that's not saying that a woman is obviously dependent on their father's political views at all. She shouldn't be, is what I'm saying. I feel like that's where Jerry, for me, hasn't, could be more diva. 
Yes. Actually, but by reading the facts, yeah. then deciding her opinion. Exactly. And not the other way around. 100%. Yeah. So, should we talk about Jerry's feminism? <laughs> danger, danger. So, in an interview with The Guardian, admittedly from 2007, mm-hmm. she said that, for me, feminism is bra-burning lesbianism. It's very unglamorous. I'd like to see it rebranded. We need to see a celebration of our femininity and softness. Mm. Very so when I I thought I was going to do a solo show about Jerry Halliwell for a long time. Say the title, please. Uh, <laughs> All's well that's Halliwell. Copyright. Putting it down there. <laughs> um, and I read this quote and it really put me off for a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's just that it's kind of um, a very ancient assumption, isn't it, that a feminist looks and acts in a particular way. Yeah. Which is. Absolute rubbish. Absolutely. And also, I think, like, what... I mean, my point is, your feminism can be whatever you want it to be. If you want your feminism to be soft and feminine, fine. If you want it to be aggressive and rebellious, also fine. Absolutely. It's just, you do you based on your own style of feminism absolutely and i feel and again you know everything of that that quote is just based on a misnomer isn't it like the bra burning thing she hasn't googled it and realized it didn't happen yeah uh and yeah but absolutely your point the opinion of a man yeah uh from the 70s yeah that feels very much like yeah um i mean what we do with our feminism is we take it warp it creatively and make shows absolutely that's how we do ours yeah exactly it feels like she's not really sure how to do hers at the minute no and i think maybe it's still a little bit from you know 2007 maybe she's still rebelling against the the ginger spice thing and is going more towards you know the little pants thing Hmm. maybe again it's 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 a feminizing i think she is an i think she is an icon of female strength Mm-hmm. and perseverance because women had so much work to do didn't they to get heard at that that, that Liam Gallagher incident I think really sums it up the world didn't want those girls the establishment didn't want them the world did actually mm-hmm. and she she made herself heard and I think that you know that, that that scream to go faster may not have been particularly tuneful or well informed but she still made a difference absolutely yeah and I think they made a difference. And, like, for me growing up, it was my first introduction to fierce women. Yes. Regardless of whether, you know, were they, were, was their music particularly well done? Yeah. Um, were their actual opinions the best? Not, Not sure. No, yeah. But it got me and my friends practising our high kicks in the playground. Amazing. Thinking that we were superstars and that we were powerful yeah and that we could do anything yeah and i think that is something to be said i totally agree so i think it's time for us to do plugs and hugs nick your play please my play is called what the dolls saw Mm -hmm. it's an all-female dark comedy um that evolves like a true crime podcast and it is on from the 5th of february to the 9th of february at the vault festival and you should come and see it come and see it thank you so much nick it's been so amazing having you on i've had the best time it's been so much fun we hope you enjoyed this episode of big diva energy if you did and you want to reach out and have a chat share your bde stories with us maybe even your own spice related stories not the manchester-based street drug epidemic (laughs) Or just tell us which diva means the most to you. You can tweet us at 
Diva Energy or email us at bigdivaenergypod at gmail.com. This podcast is a Dark Matters production. If you lived, please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasting needs. If, like a Tottenham resident complaining about a bus driver, you found it to be spiteful, get get in in the the sea! sea. (laughs) Bye. Bye! Bye!